I'm Ashley. And I'm Alicia. And we are Murd Nerds. Hi, hi, hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> right off the top, I want to talk about it. Have you watched Wednesday yet? I'm not. Nude. You haven't I watched haven't, it. I haven't watched it yet. I either. want to talk about it so bad. I'm gonna have to call Gunner. I know Gunner's probably watched it. Um, I don't know. I don't know at this point if I he's just, watched it yet or not. I just want to talk to somebody. Call Call Colton. I know he's watched it. Okay, yeah. I'll call Colton. So I've watched it twice. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, wow. I think it's really good. Jenna Ortega is adorable. She like never even cracks a smile the whole time. <laughs> I heard she doesn't blink either. You know what? I didn't notice, but I would believe that. I, I read an article that said that uh, in one take, she didn't blink, and the director's like, don't ever blink again. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't blink through the whole series until she gets hugged by her blonde friend. <gasps> that was the first time she blinks in the series. Oh. In the season. I didn't even I notice saw a meme. that. There you go. <laughs> I saw a meme. So, yeah, Christina Ricci's in it. Yeah, with her weird teeth. Show. Are her teeth weird? They're super weird. They're very distracting. But she was like the uh, Wednesday yes, in the, in the 90s. Adam, Adam, Adam's yes. Family movie or whatever. Which that's our Adam's Family. Because right. I know it's uh, back in the 60s and that's a different from the 90s version. And then it's all different from today's I version. I love the 90s version. I do too. It was really good. I wish Morticia is so perfect. Oh yeah. For I real. didn't. Angelica. I... What's her name? Angelica. Angelica Houston. Yeah, she's a fucking goddess. She seriously is. Everything she does. But yeah, I didn't really like Catherine Zeta-Jones. Really? Oh, I hate her. She is not, she is not Morticia. I didn't like it. How did um, the guy that played Gomez do? Louis. He, he was okay. I don't think he played it bad. I just, I think I pictured him more attractive. <laughs> oh yeah, you he's know, not yeah. in the comics. he's just yeah. It, but I mean, he, he played it well. Yeah, I don't like I don't like uh, Catherine Zeta Jones as Morticia. I wish they would have made Christina Ricci Morticia took on the. Oh my god, yes, took that would have yeah. been good. Yeah, and these damn directors, they just need to call us up. We got we know the yeah we know Tim the Burton. Story. Yeah, come on, man, you don't know everything. <laughs> so okay, there's one thing I don't think it's a spoiler alert. I'm gonna say it, but I'm gonna say spoiler alert now for the listeners yes um so hand is there yeah but hand has stitches all over like he's been blown to pieces and sewed back together so i'm wondering if they're gonna elaborate on why he's all stitched up because in the movies he was like fine he's just a hand yeah have you seen the lego version of wednesday no there's a lego version of wednesday you know how legos are like the hands are like C's. Oh, yeah. They have hand, and it's just a Lego oh. hand. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's really funny, actually. Oh, man. I'm really mad neither of you guys have watched it. Sorry. I haven't been able to talk to anybody. I've been it. rewatching uh, my emotional support TV show, Shits Creek. Yes. All hail Shits Creek. <laughs> Best show out there. I finished Andor. Does that count for anything? What's that? That's a Star Wars story. No, no, okay. that counts for nothing. All right. <laughs> wow, saying like coming from a Star Wars fan. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said Star Trek. I wasn't even. <laughs> she didn't even listen to me, listeners. She's not even paying attention <laughs> I'm to so me. So sorry. Listening? It's it's a fill in thing. It's a gap 
right, between, right, like a spinoff yeah, type, yeah, between um, what is it, Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope is kind of that. Is it live one. action? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, the guy. Did you see uh, a Rogue One? Yeah. Okay, so Cassie and Andor, who is. Uh, I don't get that. What do you? What I don't you know what at? she's pointing. Her sweatshirt. It's a Packers sweatshirt yeah. on game day for the Chiefs. They're not playing the Packers. No, it's Still. okay. I we, like, we like the Packers. I like the Packers. Oh, so it's okay. Okay. Now I, if, I okayed it with them ahead of time. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got it cleared. <laughs> now if she was wearing like a Bengals, you know, she would have uh, to just throw it in the snow. So <laughs> I took all my bracelets off, so we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so funny. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I like all those fill-in shows. I haven't finished the Boba Fett one, and I haven't even started the yeah, Mandalorian 2.5. No, and oh, oh, is that the Boba Fett? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I haven't started the Obi Wan Kenobi one. Why well, you're way behind? I know, that. I know. That's, a, that's all right. She I mean, calls herself a Star Wars fan. <sighs> Listen, you know. Andor and Boba Fett and Obi Wan mm-hmm. all start off really slow. So when you decide to go, Boba Fett was horrible at the beginning. Oh, it, I loved it. it. it I just, just, I don't know why. I just, I fell out of it and it, started watching. It other totally stuff. gets better towards the end. I mean, so you get a chance to go and finish it. Go finish it. But Obi Wan and Andor both start off super slow. And it's the whole, you know, building the character thing. So it's just right, really tough right. To... And I think financially, subconsciously, I knew I had to stop because I just want to buy every single freaking thing, like all the little characters, all the Lego sets. So what is this, the Call Guys? I was about to say, <laughs> welcome to the Call Guys podcast. No, with I've your new host, the Call Girls. <laughs> well, plus Jeremy. Oh, shit. <laughs> And for just ten ninety nine, oh gosh, <laughs> you get thirty minutes with one of the call girls. <laughs> it's a it's a lottery though. You don't know which one you're gonna get. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's, a it's raffle. just Jeremy in a wig. <laughs> Hi, my name's Alice. He, he just changes his voice for each phone call. <laughs> no, I've been watching this weird show from the early two thousands called Chuck. He's like. Dude, I fucking love Chuck. Dude, it's so good. I am hooked. I've been watching it nonstop. Yeah, Chuck is pretty amazing. I don't don't even know what this... She said that to me the other day, and I was like... I mean... I don't know what that is. I don't know. I had never heard of it either. And and, and refresh my memory, because it has been probably seven or eight years since I watched Mm -hmm. it. Um, The girl that he has a crush on is smoking hot, right? Yeah, Sarah. I can't remember who, who... What was... What's her real the name? The actress's name? Yeah. I'd have to look it up. I got you. Okay, right. yeah. Sarah from Chuck. All I think is Chuck, uh, the Dane Cook. Wasn't that a Dane Cook movie? Chuck, where he sleeps with all of us. Oh, good luck, Chuck. There you oh, go. yeah, that's right. Yes, I remember. That was a good one. Um, the guy that plays Shazam is the guy that plays Chuck. Yes, yeah. I did not know that. I Googled him because I was like, where is he now? This is really like an old show. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, it's Shazam. Well, because in the beginning of Chuck, his hair is super long and it's he yeah, looks it's, a lot different. It's a great show. I did watch Shazam. Yvonne too. Strahovski. She's in Dexter. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's smoking hot, isn't she? And The Handmaid's Tale. 
for all of the male murderers listeners. I got your back. I'll bring on the smoking hot girl. Chuck's sister's smoking hot <laughs> in that are show. Just, they're just so hot. <laughs> That's Alicia's. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely smoking hot. Still smoking hot. Still. <laughs> I'm going to have to pause for a minute. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. All right. Now that we've talked about our Netflix uh, <clears throat> afflictions and our binge. Netflictions. Netflictions. Oh. Copyright that. Oh, yeah. And then by the time this drops, my grandpa will be in town. I know. Yeah. I was so listening to one of the old episodes and we were talking about your grandpa coming to town. I can't wait. Larry. Larry. Okay. Are you guys ready for the question? Oh, shit. I forgot about the question. I'm so ready. Are you? Okay. So, do you or anyone you know sleepwalk? Or do you have a funny or weird instance from you or them sleepwalking? Like a funny story? Mm-hmm. Jeremy? Oh, I have more than one. Oh, I'm so excited. I, I don't I don't necessarily sleepwalk. Mm-hmm. But at my age, now I pee a lot in the middle of the night. <laughs> like get up or in bed? <laughs> So far, he wears diapers so far, thumbs up. Not in bed yet. <laughs> yet, there's always tomorrow. But you never know what what it might bring. Um, I had a couple of them. Um, <laughs> so, the, <laughs> um, the one goes way back to when Montana was still living here, and I got up to pee in the middle of the night, and somehow I walked out of the bathroom, and I must have fallen asleep again. <laughs> Because I totally lost where I was at in my own fucking oh, house. No. <laughs> and your and I, house isn't like I know a mansion. My, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I ended up, I woke up standing in Montana's room trying to figure out where I was. Oh, no. Because oh, it's pitch black and you don't want to wake anybody up. I had this bad, bad thing about I don't want to wake anybody up. And when I realized it, I just kind of walked out of the back. I walked backwards out of the room. <laughs> Slowly, because I don't want to like Homer Simpson smart style. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, I just went back to my bedroom and went back to sleep. And apparently, at one point, Montana thought there was somebody standing in her room. Oh oh my gosh! Yeah. So it wasn't until the next day I was like, "Hey, sorry about that." And then just a few weeks ago, uh, yeah, I did it again. Get up middle of night, fell asleep on my way back, and I'm. The problem is, is that. I had been traveling so much mm-hmm. that when I, I originally woke up, I set up in my bed and I'm like, where the fuck am I? Oh my I had to determine. In your home. I was in my home. You got to remember, I'd been to Kansas City uh, twice, mm-hmm. uh, Kentucky, um, you know, Monticello, Southern Indiana for the, I mean, I, I'd been everywhere. Yeah. And I woke up and I sat up on my bed and it took me a couple of minutes to figure out where I was, you know, and I said to myself out loud, where am I? I'm like, okay, you're in your house. This is your room. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So I went, went to the bathroom and I come back out and once again, I must've fallen asleep on my walk back to the bathroom. That is strange. Because I woke up facing the closet door. Oh God. <laughs> So and you're I'm a like, sleepwalker. I don't. I think I just. I'm so tired. You know, I get up to go pee and then I just fall asleep. And do way you back. take like, answer- Ambien or anything? No. I need you to answer two questions for me. Okay. Were you walking and were you sleeping? 
Oh, I was definitely standing and sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> He's a sleep stander. <laughs> but I look back down my hallway and I'm like, where am I? And I'm like, oh, fuck, that's the fish tank, I think. Yeah, that's the fish tank. Okay, so you're in the living room. No, I was at the in the hallway. See. I was looking down. Oh, the hallway. okay. Yeah. I was just saying, and that oh was God. both in the same night. No, no. This oh, is, okay. This is months. Uh, no, the Montana thing was been years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, there you go. There's my little quick story of getting lost in my own house at two a.m. in the pitch black <laughs> while sleeping. What about you? I'm not a sleepwalker. I'm a sleep talker. Mm-hmm. Shockingly, I don't shut the fuck up even when I'm asleep. <laughs> yeah, no surprises there. Or I have like hallucinations while I'm. I know I'm awake. Like a couple mu- uh, a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago. Time is an illusion. Time is an illusion. Definitely. I woke up. Roy was getting ready for work, and he does this like ritual where he to wake himself up. He'll get on his phone and just kind of scroll through shit. And uh, I woke up while he was awake, and. I looked at the ceiling and there was like, I can only describe them as needles coming in and out of the ceiling. And I'm like, Roy, do you see that? And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, do you see that? The needles. And then I realized I'm asleep. And Where I'm do you get your mushrooms? <laughs> <laughs> can you give me the guy's number? <laughs> but I've crazy. done that a lot. I've done that. When I was working in a factory, I would wake up and uh, see shit in my room. I sound like a, a lunatic. But no. but Videl, our dog, she uh, was kenneled at the time, so I don't know why, but I was like, Videl, get out of the corner. Get out of the corner. Why are you in the corner? Because I thought she was in the corner of the room. It was just a gift bag. Oh. It was not Videl. <laughs> yeah, I have visual hallucin- hallucin- <laughs> hallucinations like when I'm in that weird yeah, not pre-sleep or just post-sleep yeah. stage. Yeah. Do you ever wake up in the middle of a dream and then just say what you were going to say in your dream just so you can get it out oh yeah i do that occasionally too i don't know that i've ever done that not to my knowledge anyway there's been times where i would wake up and i'm still kind of asleep there was one particular time where i think it was roy and i were still like staying at my mom's house and uh I thought there were mice on the walls, and I'm like, I'm like look at the mice. Look at, look, where did they <laughs> see the mice? They're eating the needles. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, the mouse that's crawling on the wall. Do you not see it? And then I'm like, I'm just dreaming. It's not a big deal. Go back to bed. Mm-hmm. And then he, he, he says I do it all the time, but I just don't remember it. Like, I'll wake him that's up and crazy. be like, do you see that? Do you see that? But I think that's just because I have crippling anxiety. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, when I find myself like, scared awake in the middle of the night it's because i'm like breathing and i go uh like i you know what i mean like you're just breathing quietly and then you you make a vocal noise and then i'm like did i just moan like out loud and wake myself up i do that quite a bit actually have you ever had a sex dream like uh, that you physically remember oh my god her face right now (laughs) guilty like that you physically like you felt is she getting a little red no not like not like a wet dream that's a little more graphic when you're talking about <laughs> female. <laughs> I mean, it was more real than anything. It was Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. <laughs> of course it was. And I, like, I felt bad and was like, Roy, I love you. Roy, I love you so much. Wow. You got that hunk of hunk of burning man and Roy and you're dreaming about the snow guy? I love Jon Snow. All right. Meh. And they just released on my birthday that they're for sure doing a sequel to Game of Thrones called Snow. Oh, great. All about Jon Snow. 
Karen All about Jon Snow. Karen just is the House of Dragons thing over then? No, that's a prequel. There's so much. Yeah. It's a whole I can't keep up. boom cash cow. Money, money, money. Throw it out there. It's like Star Wars, man. It's yeah. just they can go in, mm-hmm. from both ends. Right. You just pick a character to focus <laughs> on, and <laughs> we've had that too. There's another embarrassing story. Oh, so right. no, wait. Time out. Time out. What about you? You didn't answer the oh, question. Oh yeah. Um, you, we've yeah. told our embarrassing stories. Well, <laughs> that embarrasses me. Come on. I don't sleepwalk, but my cousin sleepwalks. Derek. Yes. What up, Derek? I know you're a listener. Hey, bud. I don't know about that. He is a listener. He, he is? is? Yeah, he says a lot. Like time. regular? Uh, that I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, listen to this episode, Derek. <laughs> so when we were young, we were all really close. We had tons of sleepovers, me, him, and Brittany. And uh, like every week. So I remember him constantly. He would like sit up and yell or get out of bed um, and then just like get right back into bed. Like get out, stand up take like a step and then turn around and get and then it was over yeah get back in bed and it was over i remember this yes so one time we were having a sleepover at my house the one out in the country um and so at this house we had like a little landing family room where you did walk down three stairs and then we had a wood burning stove in the corner of that room and it would like be like 99 degrees constantly oh my god the best sleep of your life (laughs) yes it was gorgeous because it'd be Um, freezing cold outside but you'd have this like wood burning stove right a dream so derek Brittany, and i were all sleeping in the family room when we were just shocked awake by screaming and sobbing we were like okay what's going on looking around Derek had gotten up and put his hand on top uh, uh, of the wood burning stove. He had like sucks. really yeah. bad burns on his hands. If I remember correctly, we did take him to a med point and then my aunt met us there, but I was pretty young. I'm not exactly sure how he handled it. So I remember Derek walking into the pantry at at your house. The pantry. Yeah. Like the laundry room area. Mm, the ba- Like, yeah, down those stairs. Yes. Mm-hmm. I remember him. We had woken up and found him in there. Yeah. Oh, we found, yeah. The, he was all of, over. Yeah. He was always up but asleep. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Okay. So I didn't choose this question at random this week. Oh. I know where this is going. Oh. In fact, it is the whole basis of the crime that we're going to talk about today. In West Palm Beach, Florida, three roommates were sharing their were starting their adult lives together. There was Brooke Preston, her sister Jordan Preston, and their lifelong friend Randy Herman, which I think they met like when they were teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess not lifelong friend. Um, so they were all getting along great as they always did. Um, but on March twenty fifth, twenty seventeen, something brutal and unexpected happened. Randy murdered Brooke. But the part that is even more unexpected than Randy murdering his very best friend in the whole world was the unorthodox defense that him and his legal team built. He was sleepwalking. Dun, dun, dun. So, yeah, I know. Crazy, right? So from the top, my first thoughts were like, okay, this is bullshit. I was vaguely familiar with the case, so I knew a few things that had happened and that made me say, well, that's probably his motive solved. You know, I should be a cop. <laughs> Easy. 
So, as it turns out, a recent Hulu documentary tries to show that there might be some merit to this sleepwalking theory. So, let's get into this story and see what you guys think when Mm. I'm all done. My sources this week are the Hulu documentary called Dead Asleep, and we'll get... That's in poor taste. Yeah. (laughs) We will uh, talk about the issues with the documentary. Oh, boy. There's more than just In time. Yes. Um, an article for the Rolling Stone by E.J. Dixon and an article for Palm Beach Post by Hannah Winston. So Brooke Preston was about two years younger than her sister Jordan. They grew up in Pennsylvania. Being two girls that close in age, you go like one way or the other. You either hate each other until you become adults or you're best friends, I feel like. Which is for you and Brittany. <laughs> no, no, Brittany and I were BFFs. But, so you hate part. her now. <laughs> yes, yeah, we did that. Love you, Brittany. We did that flip. <laughs> so, because two years can be a huge gap when you're like 12 and 14. Like, oh, yeah. That's a big age difference with maturity and what you want to do. And so Brooke and Jordan were best friends. That's the route they took. The Preston family was very close. As the girls grew older, they had weekly dinners to assure that they stayed close. The whole family did. Uh, Brooks, Yeah, I know. Me too. Brooke's Facebook page mirrored those close relationships, showing off her love for her family frequently, even using the hashtag, because we're Prestons. Oh, I know. Isn't that so wholesome? <laughs> Jeremy's like, bleh. <laughs> I'm just thinking, can I adapt? Because we're goldens. Yeah. Because we're mean, goldens. You know, because we're goldens. Stay golden. Better than golden showers. So, <laughs> so many options. So Such many a versatile options. name. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so Randy Herman grew up in a house with his mother and his sister. His father was an alcoholic who was abusive and not involved in Randy or his sister's lives after their parents split up. Randy's mom said that Randy was so sweet, whenever she wanted him to do something, she would just (laughs) pretend to cry so that he would do it. That's fucking manipulative. messed up? Even when he grew old enough to realize she was faking, it still worked because he didn't want to see her sad like that, even in the slightest. Oh, that's so sad. Master manipulation there. Truly. Um, His sister said that he was kind and friendly. They did like the usual kid stuff, hiking, exploring, riding bikes, etc. Randy began his friendship with the Prestons, the Preston sisters around age 10. I believe while they were all living in Pennsylvania, they became fast friends and Randy quickly made the inseparable duo a trio. Everyone, including Jordan, in initial interviews with police say that Randy had a very mellow character. He was not easily frustrated or angered. Um, They had never seen him violent. In fact, Brooke's mom even said that he was always a nice guy and that none of this made sense that, quote, not in a million years. But I think there are things these are things anybody would say about, you know, after uh it's kind of a point of denial. Like, you know, this person. Right, right. Surface. You see that all the time on, on things on the news. It's like, oh, he was a great guy or she was a great girl. They lit up a room. Yeah. That's always what they I say. Can, yeah. By a million years, I'd never, uh, I'd never believe that they would do that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because some people just kind of suck. Even like I'm not saying that they deserve to be murdered or anything, but they just kind of suck. Yeah. Oh, talking about the victims. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like not every like not every person that gets murdered is like this incredible person. I obviously don't know Brooke. Never knew Brooke. She right, could be right. wonderful, fantastic. But they always say that about victims that they were. Yeah. It's just to deepen the blow. Well, it is, and I mean, when someone's taken, especially so young. I th- I mean, focusing on the better characteristics because, you know... You don't want to say... You have growth as you age. They so. cheated on their significant other every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do you like that on the news? Right. Listen, I know for a fact... <laughs> well, yeah. if it's unsolved, then that would probably be a point of contention. Yeah. I think my nose just made a weird noise into the <laughs> I was mic. Gonna say, did you just snort into the mic? I think I did. Cut that... <laughs> oh, I'm, leave. I'm gonna bleep it out. <laughs> yeah, bleep it out. I love the bleeps. Did you listen? To- there were so many bleeps last week. It was yep. ridiculous. It became a. How many times can I make Jeremy bleep <laughs> it this was word so out? Good. I loved it. Oh, okay, back on track. Brooke and Randy's friend Corbin described Brooke as having a gorgeous smile and just always happy. In high school, everyone loved Brooke with her outgoing personality, confidence. She made friends easily and had a lot of close friends. But the day-to-day was Brooke, Jordan, and Randy. Mm-hmm. Just the three of them. Tripod. Tripod. After high school... <laughs> not that kind of tripod. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> After high school, Jordan Preston got a job offer in Florida. Being the driven, smart young woman she was and eager to begin her life as an independent adult, she accepted the job and moved. Brooke moved in with her shortly after. Jordan and Randy would often fantasize and joke about him moving to Florida to live with the sisters. Randy was living with his mother and working at a meat processing plant. This sounds a lot like Three's Company. <laughs> I'm a knock on our door. We'll be waiting for you. What were you going to say about the meat processing company? You looked at me like... It's always a meat processing facility, it is. is it not? That's weird that there's a lot of... If I may. <laughs> well, it does... I mean, that kind of makes sense. I mean, in things that you do, you always seem to... Right, that's what I'm saying. That's so what you're constantly... It's your like a red flag. Yeah. I process so much meat. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jeremy's leaving. <laughs> Uh, chorizo to be exact oh my god god i hope nobody's from my family is listening if you heard that no you didn't okay wow i don't know whether the high five roy or just for me hey (laughs) you never know what's gonna fly out of my mouth Uh, Oh! Oh my gosh! It just keeps coming and coming. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Three cheap jokes in a row. You guys are on a fucking roll today. I just want everybody to know I'm not a part of this <laughs> because I couldn't think of anything clever to say. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh. Okay. So he was working at a meat processing plant. Living with his mother, um, at the plant, he would cut the meat from animal jaw bones repeatedly, all day, standing in one spot, slicing meat. That's, That's it. a really weird niche Yeah. Job. 
So he was feeling very stuck, you know, working this job and just doing the same thing every day. He fell into a kind of a deep depression. So at this time, he was struggling with substance abuse. And the only thing really mentioned in this uh, documentary was alcohol. I did find that he had a marijuana possession charge, but I mean, it's pot. Like, yeah, you know. So I do think he was struggling with alcohol addiction. Um, the more they talked about him moving, the more Randy felt like this could be like a real possibility of a new start with familiar faces, but in a new area. I mean, it, it's like paradise, palm trees, the ocean. Um, maybe that's just what he needed to pull himself out of this rut. Now, you're going to say paradise. Yeah, Florida's the armpit of America. I, I was going to say. I hate Florida. It's, it's the worst Florida. place ever. How good do you like to be? breathe bugs? Go to Florida. <laughs> I don't like eating bugs. <laughs> Jeremy's head. Did you see his head thing that he did? Do you like breathing bugs? <laughs> I, I, do, I like warm weather. I like the ocean. The air is 17% nap. Nat <laughs> <laughs> mosquito. Yeah. I can Look it up. Florida.us.com. Things and just sit next to the ocean and be warm. And We stayed on Gasparilla Island one time and it's like an unkept island and that's like the appeal of it that sea turtles come up and lay their eggs and stuff. And I'm not kidding you. We couldn't even go on our fucking back patio without getting just ate the shit up. Our All of our legs were just red dots. Gross. From thigh to ankle. Yeah, it was it was awful. Thankle. Thankle. <laughs> All over my thankles. <laughs> now we're inventing words. Then hey. Cankles oh. are out, thankles are in. <laughs> <laughs> There's your new t shirt idea. <laughs> thankles. <There you> go. <laughs> so <laughs> In June of 2016, Randy announced he was ready and excited to begin the next chapter of his life in West Palm Beach. A few short weeks later, he made the move. Um, Randy's absentee father had passed away in 2015, leaving him $10,000 inheritance. So he had money to, you know, go get started, get settled. He was on his way. When he got there, the three found you know, a big enough house to accommodate all of them. Randy got a job selling cable and internet at Walmart, which paid pretty well. And the three of them made friends, quickly settled into the Florida lifestyle and the like, oh my God, I'm 20 and I'm supervised lifestyle. You know? What a dream. Yeah. Alone. 20, unsupervised and living in Florida. Right. Sounds like the dream. Mm-hmm. So they were all always in bed by nine, right? <laughs> Just like 20-something mm -hmm. unsupervised kids would be. So yeah, no, they were partying. They were having fun, as 90% of kids their age would do. There's nothing wrong with that at all, um, aside from Randy having some possible issues with drinking. His sister did say that he called home once a week, talked about how happy he was, and that things were going great. So everything seemed perfect. Mm-hmm. By March of 2017, Brooke had been dating a guy named Brian for about four years, kind of off and on. They had decided that it was time to move in together. She had already moved most of her things out of the Florida home. And on the weekend of the 24th of March, Jordan had left to visit her boyfriend in Colorado. 
that same weekend, Brooke made the flight from New York, which is where Brian lived, to Florida to finish packing and load up and drive her car back. So she had her car. Okay. Randy picked Brooke up from the airport Thursday, March 23rd, and dropped her off at the house so she could pack. Um, he went to the beach while she was packing, just hanging out, probably drinking or whatever, not saying that in a bad way. So on Friday morning, the 24th, Brooke and Randy both went to the beach and spent the day there together. She was leaving, so she really wanted to spend some time with him to kind of like give him a proper goodbye. They drank at the beach until the afternoon and then went back at the house to hang out. Randy says he remembers drinking on the back patio when he began to get extremely drunk and he blacked out. When he woke up, he was obviously super hungover. He sees Brooke packing and grabs some water and just goes back to sleep. So Brooke ends up going to breakfast with a friend named Kyle that morning. Randy texted her and asked her where she went, to which she replied to him with an invite. Come and breakfast with us. Okay. Um, him being hum- hung over declines and tells her just to come say goodbye before she leaves because he had actually bought Brian a shirt and she wanted to give it he wanted to give it to her before she heads to New York and Randy goes back to sleep he wakes up to Brooke calling his name Um, he gives her the shirt he mentioned she says thanks says goodbyes and again Randy lays back down in bed this is still like in the morning she had just gotten back from breakfast So, the next time Randy wakes up, he's standing over Brooke's body. He's covered in blood, and he's holding a knife. He went outside, got in his car, and drove to Haverhill Park at 8.57 a.m. and called 911 to report what had happened. Why did he leave? I don't know. Shock? Yeah. Um, Police showed up to the park, but Randy was not giving them any information. He was really quiet. So they took him to the station to get photographed and interviewed and all that. In the interrogation video, Randy seems like really calm, honestly. I mean, he he seems upset, but I don't know. The cops are kind of speaking gently with him, trying to see if they can get him to explain what had happened. Because it was very obvious what had happened. Mm -hmm. But, you know, to see why or whatever. They need a timeline and stuff. Yes. So... Randy tells police he remembers absolutely nothing. But one thing everyone, including Randy, knows is that he is the one who killed Brooke. Unable to afford an attorney, Randy is assigned a public defender named Joe Walsh. Upon speaking with Randy, I know. I said the same thing. I was (laughs) like, my mother running on 185. (laughs) That is such a good song. Yeah, except uh, Randy doesn't have the chorus on his side. What? He doesn't have the chorus on his side. Life's been good to me so Oh, long. oh, this guy, this guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is he talking about? Oh, sorry, sorry. No, it's okay. So upon speaking with Randy, his attorney, Joe Walsh, just feels like something's off. He believes that Randy genuinely has some form of amnesia. Joe decides to have Randy sit down with a psychologist that specializes in trauma named Dr. Ewing. 
Now, Dr. Ewing spent many hours asking Randy questions about his mental state, you know, paranoia. Has he ever heard voice voices um, looking for just any sign of mental illness? <laughs> I couldn't help myself. It's mental illness. <laughs> just a bit. Um, they could he couldn't pinpoint anything. So he moved on asking about, you know, was there any abuse in your childhood? Anything like that? Anything significant? You remember still nothing. So he asks him about head injuries or if he'd ever had a seizure. Still nothing. Then he asks Randy if he had ever sleepwalked, to which Randy said yes. So Joe Walsh ends up pursuing this as the main factor for their defense. But before we get into the trial, let's learn a little. I love to learn. <laughs> um, a... What, Jeremy? If I zone out, don't think anything. <laughs> a fall, 2002. Fall asleep. Yeah, and then you can walk. <laughs> oh, no, not this time. <laughs> a 2012 study done at Stanford University showed that sleepwalking, previously thought to be mostly affecting children, is actually more prevalent in adults than previously thought. It still is more dominant in children. But it's a higher percentage than they originally thought in adults. Though it still does show a decrease with age, the study concluded that people who suffered from depression were over three times more likely to be sleepwalkers. And then obviously certain medications can affect this as well, sleeping pills, antidepressants, etc. The study was the first one in over 30 years that studied sleepwalking in adults. Interesting. Yes. Dr. Mark Pressman, a sleep specialist and a talking head in the Hulu documentary, says public ideas about sleepwalking are not genuinely accurate. Generally? I wrote genuinely. I think I meant generally. Let's go with it. Until 1964, it was believed that sleepwalking was pretty much just your body physically acting out what you were doing in your dream. Seems logical enough. But as it turns out, there are many factors that play into sleepwalking. And in the end, Dr. Pressman believes there's no difference between someone who sleepwalks harmlessly or someone or and someone who commits sleepwalking violence, which is called violent parasomnia. In both cases, the person is not conscious or aware of what they are doing. And he acknowledges that sleepwalking is rare, affecting about 1% to 4% of adults, but notes that one out of 300 million people is still 30,000 people. That's still a really big number. You're rare, Jeremy. I always knew that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Randy's sleepwalking history is iffy at best, in my opinion. Um, his mother says sleepwalking had been a normal occurrence in their home, um, he once rode his bike to her work late at night, quote, asleep, what? and just walked up to the bar because she was working at a bar. Okay. And just laid his head down on the bar and like went back to sleep. Oh but he was already asleep. <clears throat> That's awesome. <laughs> so she and Randy's sister had both been sleepwalkers as well. She and her daughter eventually grew out of it. So when Randy began sleepwalking, they really didn't think too much of it it didn't really ring any alarms 
Um, plus, shit like that's expensive. I mean, sleep studies, tests, etc. She just assumed you'd grow out of it like her and her daughter both had. Yeah, it's nothing malicious. Right. And I'm sure like, oh, he might murder someone in his sleep. You're not, that's yeah. not a concern. It would be more like he's going to fall down the stairs or like walk into traffic type of thing. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to start getting into the nitty gritty. I've been keeping back a lot so far. Um, pretty much all we know is what Randy quote remembers. So, and I feel like, okay, he's had his say the documentary, uh, dead asleep. It was heavily geared towards supporting the sleepwalking defense or at least propping it up in some way. Okay. So much so that I decided to like seek out and figure out why the Prestons weren't in the film at all. Aside from like the police interview footage, which side note, how do they get a hold of shit like that? Wouldn't the Prestons have to okay the release of footage like that? I think it's public information. Video footage. Yes. Like <laughs> like uh, police cam footage and stuff. That's all public. Yeah, but interrogation footage from a murder trial? That just seems of bad taste. Yeah. Anyway. So I found out in the Rolling Oats, Rolling Stones article I mentioned earlier. I thought you said Rolling Oats. <laughs> I said Rolling Oats and then I corrected myself. Um, not only did the Prestons refuse to participate in the Hulu documentary, they actually reached out and requested that the film not be made at all. It kind of seemed like they felt the film like cheapened the story. It wasn't about Brooke. It was about Randy and his defense. Jordan went as far as to making a TikTok defending her family's decision and their view on the documentary. And she started a petition to stop the release. The Prestons know that legally there's nothing they can do, but they believe morally the filmmakers really screwed up, you know. this And this situation opens up a larger conversation about the ethics surrounding, like, this true crime genre wave. Like... Have we all kind of gotten out of control with our infatuation of these very, very real people and stories? Yes. Are we, yeah, as creators and consumers of true crime being ex- exploitative? Well, can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. And, I, and this is not to be insensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand, you know, um, their daughter was killed and now you're putting this story on right on blast out there. Mm-hmm. Um, do they have a story of her that they could they could put a documentary out and so that you actually have both sides of the story? Right. I don't know. I mean, I mean that would I be that say. would be my counter. That would be my counter um, to that. Right. Well, and another thing about documentaries is like it dives into things that are unknown that we don't know about. And right. this case, this defense, it was pretty unorthodox so i do think that it's cool that we're oh, talking about I, it and that you know i think it's great that they covered right. the side of the story why wouldn't you but you know yeah. if if as a parent you're upset then why wouldn't you put together a documentary on the other side of that too mm-hmm. and 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 in that documentary that's where you could really put out your beliefs of what happened right and you know the things that you Right, determined in mm-hmm. your investigation. Yeah, because the the hard hitting story isn't Brooke's life. Unfortunately, it's right. It's the trial and, right. and the yeah. So yeah, it's unfortunate, and I can see them being hurt. But yeah, oh I, yeah, definitely. 
I'm glad the documentary was made. I enjoyed watching it. It was very biased, but I did like hearing about the whole case. Um, so let's talk about some things that aren't really focused on in the documentary, but definitely hold stature when it comes to talking about Brooke's case like as a whole. So trigger warning, I'm going to talk about this scene and go through some tough details about kind of what Brooke went through. The bloodstain analyst, Ann Cox, says that this case still bothers her. Don't you dare. <laughs> really? It wasn't even me. Such a common name. I have some Cox in her family. <laughs> what if you married her and she hyphenated her name Golden Cox? Golden Cox. <laughs> Hell yeah. Sorry, I'm juvenile. I apologize. We're all just, you know, they know by boys. now. <laughs> they know by now. I won't say her name again. She says this case still <laughs> bothers her. The scene was one of the most vicious that she had to examine in her 21 years in the field. With blood evidence, Anne was able to place Brooke in specific places and specific positions she would have been in when she was actively being stabbed. She says the attack started near the bedrooms at the end of the hall. The blood then shows her that they moved down the hall into the living room area near the fireplace where some more of the activity happened. Anne believes that Randy then dragged Brooke back to the hallway. And evidence shows that Brooke was alive when she was placed where police would eventually find her. Police have security footage of Randy leaving the house at 8.57 a.m., which is when he went to the park to call 911. But from that same camera, they saw a man walking by the home at 8.49. When they spoke with this man, he said that he heard screams coming from the house when he walked by. So that's a pretty good indicator of when the attack physically happened. It's so bizarre to me, and I know it's... Unless you're in that situation, you can't say anything. Right. But if you're hearing someone screaming, why are you not saying, hey, just in 911. case. Just in case. I call the cops well, so much. I do, too. I call them so much. I call. I, I literally, like a year ago, called because there was a car abandoned and like a, we were going down 30 or 31. I don't remember which one it was. Oops. But um, you know how there's like the places where you can turn around roads the oh. U- <laughs> where you can u-turn <laughs> fuck off yeah yeah like the little spots in the middle yeah in the mm-hmm. median the brakes in the median there was a car that was left there it was on and there was no one around whoa weird yeah. the car was running the car was running wow yeah damn i so, wouldn't pull into the middle i'd pull off to the side nope, it was in the median it was running and there was maybe literally... they threw something out of like the driver's side window or something and they needed to be in the middle but i would have seen them walking yeah you're right there was no one around very not a person strange. very strange yeah so i called i called the cops and they're like thank you and i don't have any closure mm-hmm. from that yeah i call them constantly mostly about dogs Dogs and drunk drivers. Yeah, I've called about it. Yes, don't be drunk driving around in uh, our area. Yeah. (laughs) 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 We got a beep. We got a beep. So yeah, Um, if you hear someone screaming, 
be just call the cops. It's better to be safe than sorry. Like, just call. Just call and say, can you do a welfare check at this residence or this area? Because there's some screaming. Even if it's a kid screaming. Kids scream a lot. Yeah, but you know what's a happy scream and what's a not happy scream. I feel like your gut tells you. Your gullet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Back on track. Um, Brooke had been stabbed a total of 25 times. Whoa. Yes. She put up a hell of a fight. Um, She had tons of defensive wounds. It clearly wasn't something that was over in like a split second. Um, Also, Randy's hands were pretty torn up too, and the screaming was heard outside. The assistant state attorney, Altheria, it's a pretty name, Mm -hmm. Roberts states that these things are all circumstances that would wake up a sleepwalker. Screaming... You know, stabbing, trigger warning through flesh and bone. I mean, that takes 25 times. Yeah. And you're not going to wake up, you know. So, I had mentioned in passing that Randy had lost his estranged father in 2015. And I also mentioned his father's alcoholism. And kids with alcoholic parents are just more likely to fall into that cycle as well. But where do we stand on passing down narcissistic behavior, abuse towards women, or toxic masculinity? Do you have opinions on that scenario of, like, nature versus nurture? Like, if your dad's a narcissist, but you only know him until you're 10 or, you know, 9, do you think that... Do you have any thoughts? No, I just... I have a question for you. Okay. I don't know if it would be insensitive. You can ask it. We can just take it out. I don't like it. Do you think you have some of your dad's tendencies? Since you. Oh my God. I can't fucking believe you (laughs) even ask me that. Um, No, I don't because my dad would only come around in spurts and it would be like two or three months. Yeah, but that's a nature versus nurture thing. Right. I've not seen you wear flaming, flaming jeans. Oh God. Pants with flames on them. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, I'm not a, a criminal. <laughs> I mean, I but, guess a, a nice study. But yeah, on that you're would right because be... it would be nature if I did get those kinds of traits, which I don't think I did. Well, you're not in prison, so. Mm-hmm. Woo, woo. <laughs> I have two questions. Oh gosh, we have number, ten answers. Number one, what's wrong with jeans with flames on them? <laughs> um, if you're 19, nothing. If you're Guy Fieri, nothing. What if you're a rock, wannabe rock star? Then nothing. Okay, cool. Because I have a pair. <laughs> <laughs> Do you wear them? No, no. I, I'm gonna need. You, I'm gonna need you to wear those. My, yeah, you're gonna need to wear my those. My fat ass cannot get into those jeans. Anymore. <laughs> I can't fit into my flame pants either. Damn it. <laughs> um, the other that the other one's not a question. I I believe that in uh, your situation may be different because, like you said, it came in in bits. Mm-hmm. But ten years of being around somebody, you tend to pick up the traits that they have and you find right. you find that you kind of fall into that. So um, a man who is a, a womanizer or a even verbal or physical abuser of women, that child tends to see that as... Okay. Right. Okay. But, I mean, his mom... I do want to note, 10 was just a random age I threw out there. His dad left before he was 10. I okay. just, I'm not sure when it was. I, and I'm, 
you know, I'm but, just throwing it out there. I am not an expert. I'm not a psychologist. Right. I'm not nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying from some of the things that I've seen and read, you know, you, you're you in that environment and they see that yeah. and they think that's okay. Especially through those formative years, you know, like right. four to ten. Well, that's such or a, you can go one of two ways with that. I mean, you either see those things and you think it's normal and mm-hmm. it's okay or you see those things and you fucking hate them and you don't right. want to be that person. Right, right. Right. I know there's things that... I think it depends on your view of the abuser. If you respect the abuser and you're young enough to be naive enough, Mm. I think that that you can take to it a little bit more than, you know... No, I wouldn't say that. Because No, because there's people that I don't like within my life and my family that I don't like them as people. I still love them and, and I respect them because... You should, and I say should as in relative, but mm-hmm. um, I don't want to be anything like them. I, I, I can't agree with their choices and, and watching what they have done. Right. And like as makes an me want to be better as a parent and adult. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that young age, um, you're very, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, susceptible. Or yeah. Um, malleable. Yeah. To those those traits and those become mm-hmm. part of impressionable part of that's the one exactly go. that i'm looking for that you become impressionable right over those right things. and if he's the man of the house right you know but his mom did the right thing she left him so oh well, no that's the- great i mean i i'm not and i'm not even saying that he this is this is him i'm just saying in general this is one of the things you've kind of run across over over the years of um children who have moved on to mm-hmm. be uh, physical abusers right it's like 90 percent stems from yeah well and nobody abuse. ever fixed that like and i know that's a, a weird word to say what do you mean fixed fixed what um you know hypothetically your dad is an abuser to your mom and you grow up seeing that as mm-hmm. a, a you know a young man and then your mom never says that's not okay or right like reverse right yeah yes yes yeah i get it or you don't have that one person in your life that shows you like that light mm-hmm. well but on the flip side of that is is the person that's being abused whether it be a man or whether it be a woman because i mean it could go either way i mean you know i oh, know yeah, for sure. that have been a um, you know, they're embarrassed to not say that to their child that this is wrong and we shouldn't be in this situation because then they have to take action to get right. out of that situation. Right. Well, and if they tell the kid that, the kid might say something to the abuser, which is exactly right. what an abused woman does not want or man. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Ninety percent of the time, it's an abused woman. I get that. Right, right. <laughs> but there it's are a, some. There I know. I get things. it. I do. I believe that one hundred percent. Not all men are evil people. Come on. So I wanted they to are. <laughs> <laughs> trust no man. I wanted to ask that question because, as it turns out, Randy's father actually died by suicide after murdering his girlfriend. Oh, wow. oh. yes. So there's a lot to unpack there. Um, there, I mean, his father wasn't present, so that can cause trauma in and of itself, compounded with a murder suicide, ending your father's life. I mean, that's got to be a lot to process, especially what 2015. If he was 20 in 20, 
17, that would make him 18. So, I mean, he was just a kid Mm -hmm. trying to process all of that. Um, So something that seems too synonymous not to mention is the fact that when he was growing up, he lived with his mom and his sister, and then he moves to Florida and lives in this house with two women again, living those similar living situations. I don't know if there's something there, but it feels like there could have been something there, like it was a similar setup, but his mom kind of kept him grounded when he was living in Pennsylvania, so then he like spiraled, but I think having that two-woman household maybe... He was like dependent on right, it. Like, like I don't know what it is him. and I don't know what I want to say about it, but I just, I, f- I feel like there's something there mm-hmm. Psycho- psychologically, mm-hmm. psychologically. I think about Roy, who's harmless and would never hurt a woman ever, mm-hmm. ever, ever. But he grew up with two sisters and his mom. And yeah. then now he is with me and we have so many daughters so many daughters and he's very codependent on women love you roy you don't listen but he's very like that he thrives off that feminine energy you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and that's why he is a badass motherfucker yeah he's wonderful he's the best that's why i named my yacht after him (laughs) (laughs) so Nothing was weird until, like, the night before Brooke was moving to New York for good. So, did he, like, freak out and snap? Was he really sleeping? Who knows? Who knows? The trial took two years to begin. Whoa. Yeah. So, the prosecution knew, with all the evidence that they had, there would be negotiations ahead. I think the plea deal, I think they were, like, they offered him, like, 50 years or something. What? Your mouth made a funny noise. You didn't. You didn't even miss a beat. I didn't notice it. It made one of those noises. You can leave that one in. Here. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, I think they offered him fifty years. So Randy's defense lawyer, the great Joel Walsh, Walsh, uh, thought that that was too high. Randy thought, okay. I'm looking at 50 years if I get convicted without premeditation. So what would that be like second degree murder or something, which he he thought there was no way they would get him for first degree murder. So he's like, I'm already looking at 50 years anyway. I might as well go to trial and take my chances. What do I have to lose? You have a lot to lose. (laughs) Right. So there are some jurors in the documentary. They seemed to the two that they interviewed seemed to understand like the gravity and the responsibility of being on a jury for this type of a trial for a murder trial um they needed to assess you know was this intentional was it accidental was he asleep was he awake who knows nobody 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 fucking knows our lord and savior jesus christ (laughs) the (laughs) the assistant state attorney altheria mcroberts wanted the jury to see that this case was cut and dry Okay, yeah, I forgot to mention, the guy, Kyle, the guy that Brooke went to breakfast to, he had been at the house that Friday night. They were drinking after coming home from the beach. It turns out that Brooke had texted Kyle that evening 
telling him to come get her because Randy was belligerent. He was stumbling all over the place and she was starting to get irritated with him. She's like, you need to come pick me up or you need to get here. I'm done with this. Okay. Kyle was close by, so he came straight over in like no time at all. She told Kyle that she needed to leave ASAP and that she wanted to stay at his house. So he asked her what happened and she told him that she found Randy hiding in her closet completely naked. Oh, no. Yeah. Right. Well, that changes things quite a bit there. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry I stumbled earlier. I got to this part, and I I was like, oh, my God, I forgot to tell them that. So I'm going to go back to Etheria Roberts. She wanted the jury to see that this was a cut-and-dry case. Even with his, quote, history of sleepwalking, it seems that he had expressed his clearly obsessive feelings for Brooke. She probably rejected him and was tired of his erratic behavior, so he killed her. But Joel Walsh found this to be exploitative of the relationship. He does, however, note that Randy was naked in her closet the day before, and that was not a good look. So the defense went down the path of showing Brooke and Randy's positive relationship, like, before that. But it's like, um, I'm sorry, it still happened the day before she was murdered. Yeah. But they've got to spin it as best they can you know that was one of the questions i wrote down was like did randy have a thing for brooke and he was pissed because she was moving and yeah he was losing his chance and so oddly enough jordan her sister testified in the trial but for the defense seems odd i know she was under oath and inclined to tell the truth and the truth just looked good for the defense, unfortunately. She was timid on the stand. You could tell she was afraid. They had been friends for years, and upon asking questions, she admitted that she never seen him be violent before. She had no knowledge of him having any romantic feelings for Brooke, and he never made her feel scared. She was, you know, just being honest. Yeah. The defense showed, like, a selfie that Jordan took. She's, like, smiling in the corner of the photo, and in the bathroom... In the background, Randy was, like, shaving, and he only had his boxers on. So the defense played on this, saying, like, they were this comfortable with each other. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, she, I mean, she had a huge smile on her face. Clearly, everybody was, you know, cohesive. So we all know it's rare for a defendant to take the stand in their own trial. However, Randy's physical appearance was used to work in his defense. He was quite small, polite, you know, just looked like a lame white kid, basically. (laughs) Joe Walsh knew that this would help their case. Um, He was in an oversized suit. He looked like a teenager. He looked like a little kid. Um, He also had lost a bunch of weight. He was a little heavier set when the murder actually happened. So he just didn't look like a violent killer and he was emotional, whatever, he sucks. I don't want to talk about him anymore. (laughs) The prosecution had to be careful again, playing on the psychology of his appearance. It can look like, you know, you're bullying when a defendant looks like a small, innocent boy. Uh, They did stay stern and made him answer, you know, tough questions about, you know, his substance abuse issues, the closet situation, all of that. 
Um, I'm not going to go deep into the sleepwalking stuff again, but the defense used that along with lack of motive, the closeness of the relationship, and the history of Randy just generally being a mellow, nice person. The prosecution hammered down on their timeline, all backed up by that neighbor's security camera. Aside from the conjecture of what happened inside the home, Brooke came, Brooke got home around 8.30 a.m. from breakfast. She was in her home for 22 minutes with Randy, who gets into his car at 8.57 a.m. and drives away. During those 22 minutes inside, Brooke gets the shirt from Randy uh, that he so kindly brought for Brooke's boyfriend, Brian. So many bees. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was hard to get through. <laughs> um, they had a short discussion, hugged, and then she turned to leave, which is when Randy, quote, went back to sleep and doesn't remember anything else until he wakes up over her body. So that guy outside heard, heard screams at 849. They note that sleepwalking predominantly occurs in the REM sleep stage, and with the timeline, he would only have about five minutes to fall back to sleep after a fully awake, conscious, minutes-long conversation with Brooke. Which is why when you brought up earlier, Jeremy, about you falling asleep as you're walking, I was kind of like, ooh, like that's interesting. But you weren't standing there having a conscious discussion with anybody. You were just by yourself, right? right? Walking. Yeah. Okay. The prosecution called doc- psychiatrist Dr. Wade Myers to the stand. So the doctor was brought on to show that the facts of sleepwalking just didn't align with the defense's theory. He noted um, the different stages of sleep, telling the jury that it take that it takes you about an hour into falling asleep to fall into REM deep sleep. Um, noting that if Randy was wide awake minutes before the crime, it was unlikely that he was sleepwalking. He did, however, say that it is possible to sleepwalk in those early stages as well. Um, the defense said that while he could have been asleep the whole time and dreaming the conversation that he had with Brooke. Sorry. Okay. So the defense says that he could have been asleep that whole time and dreaming the conversation that he actually had with Brooke. So Dr. Wade Myers acknowledges that this is also a possibility because the brain tends to try and fill in gaps with familiarity or what just makes the most sense in the situation. Um, if he intended on having that conversation with Brooke, he might have, have a, he might have a false memory or a dreamlike occurrence of that situation. Yeah. Um, ultimately, it would be up to the jury to determine if they thought the facts supported the defense's theory enough for it to be plausible. After closing statements, the jury went over or went to talk over the case. One juror um, said that when they got to the deliberation room, a few of the male jurors were very vocal saying, you know, well, if that was my daughter, I'd have killed him already. You know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Doesn't really seem very fit for jury today. Um, But it was a pretty split room when they first walked in. They note that the closet incident happened after a full day of drinking, so it was off base to say that that was a sexual act, which I'm going to have to disagree with them there. Drunk or not, if you get naked and go and hide into someone's closet, 
that's nefarious and most definitely sexual. I don't yeah. care how drunk you are. And hide in someone's closet, butt naked. Well, hiding in someone's closet just in general is fucking weird. Right. Let's add in no clothes. <laughs> right. Let's add in no clothes. Jeremy, do you hide in closets? <laughs> Are you going to come out of the closet? Two nights ago, I was in Alicia's closet, just saying. Oh, and <laughs> I, didn't I have a caught. walk-in closet, so it's nice and comfy in there. There's lots of room. <laughs> Um, but were you naked? But were, were no you, offense, were you Alicia. Naked? I was thinking of Roy. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally, you're safe. <laughs> People that don't know Roy are probably like, "What the this, fuck? <laughs> who is this handsome man that they keep talking about?" <laughs> He's beautiful, guys. Way out of my league. <laughs> He's not out of your league. No, he's so out of my league. I tricked him with my witchcraft. He's your way fa- out of my league. Your fairy power? <laughs> yep. I'm going to win him over with my sexy calves. You already won him over. I know. You got him. Yeah. His background is still. <laughs> is it still? Your calves. <laughs> there you go. Um. Okay. Okay. So in the end, it really came down to the timeline and the known facts of sleepwalking. Once they laid everything out, they had all the text messages, you know, all of the events that happened, all the footage, everything. They all came to the same conclusion. So after around five hours of deliberations on May 8th, 2019, the jury came back with a guilty verdict for first degree murder. Woo! Justice prevails! Sounds pretty accurate. Right. Um, On April 14th, 2021, Randy appealed his conviction, which was denied. Um, He is currently serving a life sentence without the possibility of parole at Hardy Correctional Institution in Bowling Green, Florida. But he is currently trying to get his conviction vacated. Like, right now. So, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean... I, I've got my theory right here. I can hear from you guys first if you want, and then we can talk I about it. I just want to things. go back to the fact that if you just would have taken the 50 years knowing that he actually did it. Right. In you done 20 it. years, you know, what is eligible for parole. Right, good behavior, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, honestly, the backstory sounds like he's, you know, an okay guy. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that, uh, that he could have gotten paroled. At an early early state, but I mean, I don't know that for sure, but... I have feelings about good guys, quote. I think a lot of, quote, good guys are like incels, kind of. Yeah. You know? I have a They're always friend zone, and they're never good enough. The girl always wants the bad bad boy or whatever. You know what I mean? That kind of mindset. It's, no, not, it, not all of them. Not but, all of them. I have great guy friends, but, but it's very true. Yeah, I just I think that like I know I know one guy I'm thinking of, and I mean I wouldn't be surprised if I heard that he murdered a girlfriend or something. Do I know who it is? Yes. <laughs> Say it. We'll bleep it out. No, I can't have it on the recording. What, what is going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna say it. Oh, for sure, for I think sure. He 1, might murder someone someday, which is ironic. Why? Oh. <laughs> Bleep that too. Bleep that too, because it's very obvious. 
can't wait for this episode. <laughs> so many beeps. Okay. That was the last beep. Uh, the last intentional beep, okay? So, um, do you want me to tell you what I think, or do you want to chat a little bit, Alicia? Well, I, I do this thing when we're when you're telling a story, and I just I need to know what they you look like. You listen to all my mouth noises? I do do that, but I need to know <laughs> what they look like, so I looked up what he looked like. Is he married? Did someone marry him? Yeah, he has a very... Um, his dating life has thrived in prison. Don't be that person, ladies or men. Don't 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 do that. It's like even if he did sleepwalk and kill someone, I'm sorry. Are you gonna sleep alone in a room with the guy? Right. I wouldn't. I I I wouldn't either. I would. Jeremy. <laughs> he would. Jeremy would. He likes to live on the edge. <laughs> Living on the edge. <laughs> He actually doesn't sleepwalk. He sleep taekwondos. So no one could even kill him anyway, not in his sleep. Like a fucking ninja. So the knife came from the kitchen, right? Is that what you said? Um, I don't remember. No, I think it was some kind of... No, he always kept a knife by his bed. Oh, that's weird. Right. Well, I keep... I don't... I... I do. I keep a knife by my bed. You keep a knife in your back pocket, so don't fuck with Ashley. It's actually my front pocket, so my fucks can't steal that shit. Oh, shit. God. Telling all my stuff. Sorry. It's actually just for work. It's just a, a knife for work. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. I was. That was another question I wrote down. was like, did he go to the kitchen while I was asleep and grab mm-hmm. the knife? Or? There seems a little bit of a premeditation. Right. Right. Which is why it's murder and not manslaughter. What I think is, I think that when someone has a crush on you, especially if they're a drinker, you know. You know. You just know. In most cases. So I think that... Brooke... Ashley has a crush on me. I just know it. <laughs> For years now. Come on. We all knew that. <laughs> I think... I've not even been drinking with you guys and I knew that. <laughs> It's in the eyes. It is. And the way she patted your boob a minute ago. I'm just saying. <laughs> Did I pat your no. boob? Oh. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember doing that. I was sleepwalking. Pat, pat. <laughs> dip, dip. Um, I don't even remember what I was saying now. Oh. When someone has a crush on you. Right. I think that she knew that he had feelings or could have known that he had feelings for her. Maybe picking up She's on a, beautiful a few weird things. Gorgeous. Um, And then. But she was putting up with it because they were friends and she doesn't want to hurt his feelings. He hasn't come out and said anything about it yet, so she doesn't want to make the situation awkward. She's already moving, you know, just clean break, be done with it. Yeah. Well, and sometimes as a woman, you have a really good guy friend that has a thing for you Mm -hmm. and it's purely surface. I mean, and you know it. You're better off friends. Right. So you just kind of put up with the weirdness just because you don't want to lose that friendship. Mm-hmm. I don't do that shit anymore, but I did it when I was younger. Oh, yeah. As I mean, they're, they're children. Yeah, they're really, in, 20s, in perspective. 20s, yeah. But you've been in that situation. I've been in that situation mm-hmm. where it's just kind of like, God, you're such a good friend to me. And like, you're not trying to keep them in the friend zone. I don't believe in the friend zone. So that's... I mean... it. It's about perspective. They don't want to be your friend is the whole point of the friend zone. That's yeah. not, They don't want to be your friend. They want to fuck you. Yeah. It's purely surface. Yeah. 
So I could see that just being the easier way about right. it. That just instead of, especially because they lived together. Right. Which I wonder if he did anything creepy while they lived together other than the... Right, because this is just I mean, the first time she said, told somebody yeah. about, I mean, obviously being naked in her closet was probably the the climax before, you know, the murder, but um, there could have been other smaller things that, have, you know, that had happened. Yeah, like, I think of that meme that says, we look like a couple here, and the girl goes, a couple of besties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's exactly. That's what I think about. Yes. So, yeah, I think that he... And she was so close. She was almost home free. She was literally walking out the fucking door to leave. Yeah, that just seems too coincidental. Yes. He lured her there, her there when he told her to come by to get that t-shirt after breakfast. He was angry and embarrassed when she rejected him and got mad at him after finding him naked in her fucking closet. Blech. I think he probably was obsessed with her. She was about to leave him, quote, forever and live with her boyfriend he wouldn't have access to her anymore, which is all all a quote incel needs. They just need to know that there is a possibility. Well, and even if he without booze wouldn't have had like he had those feelings, but he made sense of them. Yeah. That once you get booze in you, man, sometimes you just make stupid, stupid, silly, goofy balls situations. Yep. 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 And done I that that's a, quite a, frequently. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> Never. Can I ask a question? Ask a question. Just, just come up in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> if she called Kyle mm-hmm. because he, she found him naked in her closet and that was enough. She needed to get out. Mm-hmm. Did she, and she stayed the night with Kyle. Right? I mean, she stayed at his place or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Because he was, Randy was drunk and blacked out. She went and stayed at Kyle's and then they went to breakfast. They went to breakfast the next morning. Why didn't Kyle go back to the house with her knowing that? I mean, she was probably like, I can handle him. He was drinking last night. Well, and you don't want to think that one of your best friends is going to murder you. Please don't murder me. I'm going to fucking kill you. I wanted to kill you at your party, but then Roy said it wasn't a murder Alicia party. And I was like, okay, I'm uh, not coming yeah, then. For my birthday, we were going to do a murder mystery party. <laughs> and it was everybody murder. <laughs> but he Alicia. called it a murder Alicia party. And I was like, yes, finally. <laughs> God, I've been trying for years. But you see what I'm saying, though? You would think that, that right, those, those right. wheels would be in motion and you'd be like, I'll just go back with you while you grab the rest of your shit. And right. Then I'll, try, I'll take you to, you know. that's what a real but good again, guy does. Yeah. But again, at... 19 20 years old we say that now but when we were 19 or 20 would we even think twice i'd be like nah this he's fucking harmless i'll be right back you know it's just that's fair you know you just it's just passe you don't even think twice about it but yeah she definitely should have had someone in there with her so yeah I think I'm not gonna. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Sorry. Interesting story. Mm-hmm. There's quite a bit of uh, sleepwalk murders. Yeah, I read about a couple more that I might dive into, but one's like a four-year-old kid. I'm like, ooh. Mm. I thought I'll you were gonna that talk one for about you. the <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna talk about the man who murdered his wife Mm-mm. on Ambien. 
which is that a shit wild fucks fucking with your story. psyche, man. Oh yeah, I can't take sleeping pills over the counter prescription. They make me have nightmares. Even even melatonin makes me have nightmares. Nyquil makes me have nightmares. Yeah, yeah. I love Nyquil. <laughs> hmm. So good. All right, nice story. Very good job. Yeah, it, it was it was a wacky one. It gives you a lot to think about, especially as somebody who finds himself standing in the hallway in the middle of the night trying to figure out where the fuck they're at. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Yeah, I just I couldn't wrap my head around around this the whole sleepwalking thing. I just can't. I can't do it. I think he was a fucking narcissistic shitty dude and he didn't get his way. It happens. Yep. I hope he doesn't get out of prison and come kill me. <laughs> that would suck. Um, okay. Well, I guess we'll wrap things up. Um uh, okay, so go and listen to uh, wait, no, wait. Have something you wanna tell us? There you go. <laughs> um totally lost. Why is this so out of order? I copy and paste it the same every week. I pasted the wrong one, I think. Okay. We are winging it. Um, If you have something you want to tell us, tell us what you think about this episode. And honestly, I've been putting um, a survey, not a survey, but like a yes or no questionnaire thing on each podcast for like the past, I don't know, like four episodes. Um, so you can hit like yes or no. So go hit yes on all of them. Mm-hmm. You should do that. That would help us. That'd be cool. Um, you can also That's email for only Spotify or Anchor listeners. Oh yeah, sorry. Nothing exists but Spotify to me. Even when I'm talking to Alicia about RSS feed and all that, I'm like, "Hey, for Spotify," and she's like, "Listen, we're on a bunch of stuff. It's not just Spotify." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that." Um, you can find us on any popular social media. Just Google Submerged Nerds. Click on where you want to go. Um, you can email us at murdnerds at gmail.com. Um, you can rate and review rate, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Yep. And Facebook, actually. So yeah, do you, that. You can rate and review us there. I forgot about. I always forget about Spotify or Facebook having that. Yeah. I rate everything, so I don't forget that stuff. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I am like in the top 20% of Google reviewers. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. It's very sweet. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's go through all the other podcasts in our network. Monday. Call Guys. Tuesday. Golden Image Podcast. Wednesday. The United States Paranormal. Thursday. Indiana Chiefs fans. And Friday. <laughs> Murders. You see how he did that? I didn't have to. <laughs> you didn't have to do a thing. Make us think about it. So yeah, if you like what's going on here, go check them out. They're pretty cool. I think our other podcasts are good. I'm not in any of them, but they're still pretty good. You're in Murders. <laughs> any of the other ones? <laughs> Out of the room. I'm the only one in the other podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I retired from Two Stop. Yep. She did, which I'm sure you announced on Two Stop. I guess we can yes. say yeah. a little. Yeah. She wants to focus on 
Murd nerds. Murd nerds. For all of the Murd nerds fans out there, you have 100% of Alicia's attention now. Maybe maybe like 72. 72. We need to up that a little bit to at least 76. <laughs> She's got to give 28 to her family. <laughs> <laughs> and then, what, less than 1% to your job? No, you put a lot of effort into your job. <laughs> we'll have to make a pie chart. We'll talk about it next week. <laughs> It'll take some time. Um... If you want to be anonymous, but you still want to tell us something uh, located in our bios on all of our social medias, this is Linktree account where you can click on and take a survey so we won't know who you are. Um, don't forget to subscribe, like Alicia said, and rate and review. Uh, we also uh, take monetary contributions if you so choose. Um, you can pledge a monthly donation of ninety nine cents, four ninety nine, or nine ninety nine, um, which just helps us keep the ball rolling, baby. Yeah, yeah. Keep your balls rolling. Ooh, sounds saucy. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Did I forget anything? Did I, I do pretty so. good? You did. Uh, I'd give you this like is a the, C plus. This is the first. <laughs> exit like a script that you ever wrote that's the one i decided to copy oh, and paste on that one yeah it's just super long and it's the one that we read so repetitively for so long um yeah so that's all that's it i'm done uh, all right well we'll see you next week fellow murder nerds mm-hmm. bye, bye.